0: yo 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 hey everybody welcome to another special episode of the Archapreneur now and guess what it is episode 50 (laughs) i love how i get like four claps out there I've heard other people hit milestones on their podcast and it's like fireworks and explosions and like 3 million people celebrating. And (laughs) yes, my applause was awesome. I just wanted to say thank you all so much for listening to the show and, and making it to episode 50. I have no plans on stopping anytime soon. It has changed my life. I hope that you all have connected with me in some way, shape or form. If not listening to the podcast all the time, at least checking out artsynow.com where I do post all this fantastic information and I share a lot of my journey and my personal struggles and trying to create this life I love. And you know, having the opportunity to get inside the minds of like fifty to a hundred different creative entrepreneurs is is quite the privilege. I mean, it has been the best thing that has ever happened to me. The connections I've made, the networks I've built, the people that have helped me, the people that I've been able to help, I couldn't change a thing about it, and I'm learning so much, and I cannot wait to contribute more and more and more to the world, so thanks again for listening, and another episode today, I've got Thomas Griffin, he's a cool, cool dude, Uh, he's out of the San Francisco Bay Area, he is the founder of Art Square which is basically like a, a social marketplace that connects artists yeah with professional photographers ooh to get their images digitized and online that is awesome i mean it is sweet it gives both of them a chance at a platform that could help them and mutually benefit each other so if you're an artist out there and listening make sure you tune in make sure you check out art square if you're a photographer do the same little thing so For all the show notes, it's artsynow.com forward slash 50, and buckle up your pants and panties, little boys and girls, because here we go. Come on, everybody, let me hear that beat. Come on, come on, everybody, let me hear that stickity-stickity-rickity-deekity beat, yeah. Well, here we go now. Who wants to get a little bit funky out there? Who wants to get a little creative out there, Uh huh? Yeah. Which one of you wants to get a little bit artsy now? Well, I do. I do. Well, get on with your bad selves, yeah. If you are an artist, you better pull out those creative little ears and let them wobble to the front. Cause our guest today has created an on-demand Atlanta ding-dong process to sell digital prints of artwork from Texas to the Silicon Valley. A skid a rinkity dinkity dink a skid a doo Thomas Griffin, you are the entrepreneur now. What's going on, man? Hey, not much.
1: Just enjoying the uh enjoying the journey. How are you? <laughs>
0: I was just seeing if I could weird you out with that intro or not, man.
1: <laughs> no, I, I'm used to it. I was listening to a couple other ones, and so I was like, I'm curious how he's going to tie this together. And I was impressed.
0: Well, sometimes I'll actually sit down and like write something out, but since I was so busy today, I was kind of free that one. Nice. Uh, hopefully well, it, was very it lived pe- up to everybody's standards. I think it did. Uh, Thomas is connected from the the Bay, San Francisco Bay Area, and originally from Texas, he has kind of molded an old business of his. What was it called? Eminenio?
1: Uh yeah, everyone mispronounces it. That's why we changed the name. It's called M. It's a Latin word that M-N-A-O. means Yeah, to stand out or be exceptional.
0: Well, you know, in this country we can't pronounce anything right, man. <laughs> <So> <laughs> That's yeah, exactly right. so yeah you've kind of taken that and, and molded it and rebranded it into this company called Art Square where you're doing amazing things and being from a family where I have lots of artists in my family and being a creative myself. Uh, you're you're sort of binding opportunities for photographers and artists to get their prints digitally made and sold online Um, and and it's a very cool way to fit into this kind of share economy that we have with you know with the ubers and the lifts and and all these what's the new i saw a new one called like cuddler where oh yeah you just like go and cuddle with people (laughs) Yeah,
1: I do not know. I I've only I've only read bad things about Cuddler, and I'm not I'm I, I like I like to think that I'm an early adopter of new technologies, <laughs> but I would really struggle to try that out. Just even having that on my phone, I think, would weird a lot of people out. So
0: <laughs> yeah, we were like I said, we just got back from Santa Monica, and we were we were actually talking to one of the Uber drivers out there, and he was the one that told me about. Cuddler, and he's like, "Yeah, you know, you can uh, hook up with a girl on uh, Tinder, and then you go, and uh, <laughs> afterwards you go somewhere and you cuddle." And I'm like, "Oh man, I'll leave that up to you, buddy." <laughs> yeah, like, it's working for somebody.
1: Yeah, it's there's definitely a lot of ideas that are that are a bit far
0: fetched. <laughs> and then there was one called like eat in or something, where you can actually go eat at people's houses when they make these extravagant meals. Which I would also be—I mean, I'd be open to going and you know, checking out some meals, but I don't know how comfortable I would be just like hanging out, like just going across town to some random person's house to eat their food.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean with that one specifically, I think it may be just a bit ahead of its time, but, but there are, there is something about that. I mean the, the restaurant industry has massive overhead and um, you can see like how comfort has changed with Airbnb. And so I think it might intersect to produce something that's actually really valuable Um, who knows though? I I think it's an interesting idea. Um, you know, for people who aren't afraid of trying new things, it might be a really cool thing.
0: Yeah, man, definitely. So why don't you take a minute to, to tell me a little bit about you and where you came from and kind of how you've molded your life into, into this amazing thing called art square. And if, if you're doing anything else, um, that kind of binds with it.
1: Yeah. So, um, Uh, my introduction to the, to the arts, uh, came, uh, when I was in college, I had, I think, you know, maybe like 300 bucks laying around and I was on eBay and I was trying to find some paintings for my, uh, for my room. And I, you know, found all these paintings from China and I, and I, Purchased, uh, I think, nine pieces. And I looked at it and I was like, what the heck did I just do? I don't even want all this stuff. <laughs> so I thought, you know, I'll, I'll sell it, um, I'll resell it. Um, and an interesting thing about when you buy something internationally is the, the logistics costs are pretty high. With painting specifically, um, I purchased them unframed. And so I framed them domestically and then shipped them kind of just regionally. And I made like all my money back on the sale of one piece. And so um, I started to kind of buy and sell artwork and kind of realized that I, I wasn't the type of person who could absorb the risk of buying bad art. And so I started to um, collaborate with artists at my university and basically just serve as the entire business side for all of these collegiate artists who know how to identify art but oftentimes don't necessarily know how to market or sell it. Um, so that's what I did. I, I started a, a college uh, online art gallery to help connect artists to galleries in their towns, to alumni, uh, help them make prints, um, and and I really you know began to fall in love with the creative process. And um, my favorite things in life are when two you know disparate things are come together to make something that's uniquely valuable. And I, I really got to see that with business and art.
0: Yeah. So like, how does it feel when, when you actually see it working and and you see yourself providing, you know, that, that business and, and helping these artists spread their artwork out there? I mean, it's got to feel pretty good knowing that, that you're creating that opportunity for them as well.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's, it's, it's my favorite thing about it is like being able to, I mean, in the, in the early days when we were, you know, really focusing on selling art, um, it was amazing to get to call an artist up and say, hey, man, I need to pick up this piece. I've got a check for you. Uh, especially with college artists, you know, if, if ever there's a starving artist, I think that, that they feel the pressure the most in college oftentimes. A lot of these artists are putting themselves through school um, and they're actually having to pay for, for the cost of goods for, for making the art. And yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a super fulfilling feeling to kind of uh, help artists gain a little stability in their career.
0: Yeah, because it's it's one of those careers that's the most, you know, (laughs) the hardest to to make a living sustaining on your own. It really is. And listening to all the artists that I have on this show uh, and their techniques and how they do it and how they sustain the living, it always blows my mind. You know, and most of the time, you know, 95% of the time, they're not just an artist. You know, they have to do something else to sustain. And so this just gives them another outlet for opportunities. And I think it's a great thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's true. I, I, I'm not sure. That's definitely something that I don't try and promise artists is, Hey, we'll make you successful. Um, it's, it's pretty subjective, but it is, I I think that, that the more that we can collaborate, I think, I think there's a direct correlation between, you know, how effectively we collaborate and how much stability we can bring to, to these artists in their careers.
0: Yeah. I mean, just giving them another option is, is big enough in itself. So, I mean, there's, there's a million different things you can do if you're an artist to try to promote your work. This is something new and I'm, I'm very, I'm very inspired by what you're doing. So. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, you. when you started doing this, obviously you had to have gone through some kind of process to be able to bring maybe the first photographers and the first artists together and say, Hey, I want to put you on this site. Like, do you, did you have a certain group of people that you started with or how did you kind of promote this to begin with?
1: Yeah, so it, it kind of evolved. Um, the nature of, of startups is you you make a lot of pivots. You you look at uh, kind of the macro landscape and you try and figure out, hey, where do we actually fit? What are we passionate about? What does the market need? And uh, I started in a time when I was you know handling all of the business aspects of, of art for artists. And time and time again, we ran into this friction point with artists where they wouldn't have the high res files that they needed for various use cases. So I taught myself how to photograph art professionally, and it's actually very difficult. Um, yeah, and so I, I kind of solved that supply side myself. Um, you know, obviously it's not scalable beyond what what my personal capacity was. Um, and so that was really neat that I got to kind of learn the friction points before the technology was even built uh... to solve it and i think that it gave me some pretty good um insight into how we need to build this uh... what actually is valuable to artists and and the best way and and i think um one of the 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 main um i guess theses of of what we're doing with art squares is, is really looking at um the entire vertical value chain like like everyone's trying to help solve that distribution problem for artists like hey we're gonna get you more exposure um, and and we really wanted to look and kind of pull the curtain back and look at everything before you even come online. What are all the pain points before then, and how do we help solve those to where we have greater participation in this in this online commerce? Uh, so that's really how we got started.
0: So so when you were a kid, did, I mean, like really, did you did, from me just being curious? Did you realize that you wanted to be, you know, start your own business growing up, or did this kind of just flow into that one incident of you purchasing artwork overseas and then just starting to do it and it just started happening?
1: Uh, I mean, I've always wanted to be an inventor. Um, I didn't even know what an entrepreneur was, probably until high school. Um, but yeah, I, I always I loved tinkering with things. I have tons of scars from little experiments that went wrong. Yes. Um, I was that typical kid who made like ant poison out of toothpaste and like paint thinner and stuff. And um, but yeah, it wasn't until college, really, that that I that I started to see kind of a, a framework that I really thrived in, um, and and that is entrepreneurship. So um, I think it was I think it was just the compounding, you know, my experiences within kind of the structured uh, setting of academia my experiences with other jobs where there's really not a whole lot of innovation that takes place, you know, working as a waiter at a steakhouse, there's not a whole lot of innovation that you, that you have freedom to do. And, and I think that, that, you know, ArtScore was birthed from kind of this feeling of, of suppression and, and and feeling stifled in, in the workplace and, and in the classroom. Um, and I think that that in some ways does parallel with what artists feel with their creative process. Um, and and so I, I think it's like kind of like a really beautiful story of of me learning about, you know, what makes me come alive and what makes me, um, you know, excited about getting up in the morning. And, and it kind of just naturally unfolded to where, you know, I'm working with creative people.
0: Yeah. yeah, man. And I don't know about you, but every Tuesday morning, I'm still sitting outside in my boxers, like, you know, <laughs> frying up some ants with WD-40 and you know, thinner. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's I don't know if I'll ever um lose that, that that passion for tinkering. Um I was never the guy that could put the broken thing back together again. Yeah. I just learned how all the parts worked. And and so um yeah, it is it's definitely interesting. I, I love how you know the the little nuances of of childhood actually do carry forward into adulthood, you know, if it's if it's fostered the right way and so, yeah, I don't know. I think that's really yeah,
0: cool. If you test the waters a little bit, you know, like I was the kid that was wearing, you know, Jinko jean shorts down to my <laughs> ankles and like spraying WD-40 all over my rollerblades to see how fast I could go. And then, you know, breaking everything in sight, but probably not putting it back together either. <laughs> yeah. But now, as an adult, you know, I'm still just find myself out in the front yard doing naked snow angels and rollerblading around, you know, in a, in a G string or something. You just never know. <laughs> Things, yeah. things things from my childhood have definitely stayed with me. That's for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think they do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, man, I, I absolutely just, I love how you've created yourself. Essentially, that is the entire theme behind this show. And I think that, that there's so many people out there that just never figured out, quote unquote, you know, their purpose in life. But the funny thing is, y- you're not supposed to figure out your purpose in life. You're supposed to create it. I mean, the opportunity is there and and learning from people like you who have gone out there and done it, especially with, you know, how young you are being only 24, um, make it up, you know, decide exactly what you want to want to be. This is how you pursue a life of passion and become the very best version of yourself. And I think that for everybody, a different light will flip that on. But seriously, Mm -hmm. like just keep attacking your passion because you can end up anywhere with it and, and you could be helping a lot of people along the way, just like. Uh, you're doing Thomas
1: yeah thank you I mean I think what you said is really really true Um, I see a lot of people who who they see where they want to be and but the chasm feels really really wide and what I what I like to to tell people in in the discussions is is it's just a step it's a step every single day and it's not a step of what do I need to do to get there it's a step of, of how do I know myself better you know when you know yourself and you know the things that make you come alive I think you naturally can't resist taking those steps and and getting where you want to go and and that's what I've seen with you know with art Square. like there are days that I wake up that are really tough days there's a lot of pressure to to deliver i I feel you know dependency growing um, on me and, and the business that I'm wanting to to create but at the end of the day I think it is passion that carries you over to greatness I mean you you look at all of the, the great people that came before us and, and they would sacrifice a whole lot to continue doing what they did every day. And, and that's, you know, that's what I, what I try and emulate.
0: Oh man, absolutely. Persistence every single day, because I mean, anything that you do throughout the day gets you one step closer and every single day that you get is a bonus round. I mean, oh, you yeah. think of your life as a as a video game, you know, you always want to get to that <laughs> next level, but you have to do something to get there first. Right. So yeah. Don't just sit at home and think about it, just do it. Just take one step. I don't care if you're, you know, taking one step farther on your walk or one step farther on your jog or reading one more page in a book. Just just bring in information, learn as much as you can. Then you can pull your pants down and party when you make it.
1: <laughs> That's very true. And and one of the things I I also do, I I try and allocate about 15 to 20% of my professional time uh doing pro bono consulting with artists. So basically um, sitting down talking with them about where they want to be how they get there uh, what the barriers are and and what I've seen in, in my conversations and also kind of my my inner process is that we avoid doing the things that scare us and so we'll do all this busy work that really has very little return um, and and we we kind of, sidestep the really hard, scary things that would really make a difference and launch us and, and, and move us forward. And so what I, ta- when I tell all of the artists and I and, uh, try and incorporate this in my emails too is, is you know do that one thing today that you know you need to do that scares the shit out of you. <laughs> um, like uh, if anyone who does that will get somewhere that's an amazing story. I'm not saying they'll be a billionaire, but your life will become richer if you do the thing that scares you every day. Um, and, you know, I think it's an incredible way to live. It's also a really challenging way to live, but, you know,
0: Do you want to get out of your comfort zone? I mean, every, yeah. every single thing is difficult before it's easy and every new experience is uncomfortable before it's comfortable. That's for sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So what are, what are some, uh, what are some things that you've had to do to get out of your comfort zone to get this whole thing started? Yeah. Anything great. In particular connection. that you remember?
1: Oh yeah, I've got man, tons of it. Um, so I am, I am a pseudo perfectionist. Like my room is messy, but uh, I'm a terrible salesman because, like, if I was a car salesman, I would have to tell uh, the the person buying my car every single thing wrong with it. Um, and I feel like maybe even like hyper responsible for people's decisions around the information that I disclose. And so having a business uh, is really challenging because you're asking people to you know get in the car and ride along with you and make an investment. And that's really, really challenging, especially when talking to artists. I think that artists, and rightfully so, are are sometimes skeptical of solutions that come around because they've been taken advantage of historically, and so it's really hard to sell something to an artist, um, and uh, you know when it when it's not the perfect iteration of it. So so one of my biggest challenges is just launching today. You know, push it today, make it live today, have the conversation today, cast the vision. That's really really difficult, and where that probably manifests in the most extreme way. Is raising investment? Um, so we closed our investment round uh, a few months ago, and it was the single most challenging thing I've done professionally. I think you know I've probably grown internally, and that was harder. but you know raising money for uh, a business, um, you know venture money is is really, really challenging because you're basically committing yourself to something and you're asking someone to to buy into uh, your vision. And it's, uh, you know, at the time that you typically raise your seed round, it's just smoke mirrors and a whole lot of passion. And, you know, that, that materializes, um, you know, is often not the case. Most startups fail. Um, so, so just the fact of, of making this a legitimate business and, and getting some venture capital behind it, um, was probably the scariest thing I've ever had to do and, and probably will continue to be the scariest thing I've ever had to do. Um, also, you know, one final thing, moving out to the West Coast, um, leaving the the life that I knew uh, to be in the land of opportunity. I don't want to over-idealize it, but if you're starting a company, San Francisco is probably the best place. Yeah. Uh, so, or, you know, Portland. I hear that Portland's pretty yeah. good. <laughs> you didn't have
0: a free talk or anything,
1: did you? No, no, of course not. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, you know, making the move out here, leaving friends, I, I've I've long held this belief that that there is, uh, an inverse relationship between relationships and success and breaking that false belief off in myself has been really, really difficult to kind of, you know, embody the belief that I can have both, that I can live, you know, away from family and away from a lot of friends, have success and also maintain that relationship is a really scary thing. Um, and but I'm out there man I'm on I'm on the ledge. I I am not even close to successful but I am living a raw um you know vibrant life and and I wouldn't trade it for anything.
0: Yeah, dude. And I'm I'm super pumped for you. I mean it, it's an amazing feeling, isn't it? Like you know that you're giving it everything you have and even though at the end of the day like most entrepreneurs you, you think that you haven't accomplished enough or, you know, you haven't gotten far enough, which is a normal feeling to have. But then if you look back and kind of reflect, it's amazing what you, you know, how far you've come. And you're talking about startups and how hard it is to to start. Like, yeah, I mean, I've failed a few myself. It's, it's a, it's amazing, but I'll tell you what, I wouldn't trade any experience for anything in the world. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you learn from everything. And I think that successes really do stem off the back of your, of your failures.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and one of the really cool things about ArtSquare is, you know, or even any startup is is there's a whole lot of cushion for those failures. It, you know, in ArtSquare, I don't even know if we're successful yet. Um, but I've failed, you know, hundreds of times. That we we focused on features, we focused on on certain demographics. You know, we focused on sections of the market that just never really materialized, and and we wasted money and time on it, but what's what's neat is you do gain something that can never really be stripped away from you in those experiences and and they enrich and and make you better at making decisions in the future and so really success is is success goes to the people that just hang on you know just hold in there like don't let go just keep going and you'll end up somewhere i think that you want to be um so
0: when life give you gives you lemons you paint that shit gold (laughs)
1: exactly you find you find some people who are really thirsty Uh, but yeah no I think that's right
0: well do you think that it was harder to get started or to keep going
1: um gosh I don't know I think I think keep going um getting started I'm I'm pretty spontaneous so I'm like you know what the hell let's just try it um, and you know, your ego is involved early on. People think it's pretty cool that you're starting something. <laughs> um, and you know, there's a lot there. There's a lot of the ideal that's just like, yeah, man, I'm going to be the next, you know, Mark Cuban, you get uh,
0: more dates, you know, people yeah, yeah.
1: Dinner. Uh, I've got to start up and people are like, <laughs> Oh, do tell, you know, but the reality is, is that's just a veneer. That's not even real. The, the, the reality is, is that, it's easy to say that. It's easy to, to to embark on that journey. The hard thing is to execute every single day. And to be completely candid, I still suck at that. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's very very hard. It's but like I'm I'm kind of under the weather this week, um, and I can feel like this stockpile of things that need to get done. And um, so it is. It you know you're in the trenches. Uh, but the amazing thing is that when you're vulnerable and you're authentic with people. They've got nothing but love for you. I mean, there are CEOs who, you know, are very um, understanding of the process. You know, when I when I disclose how I feel and when I think and and you know the true uh, fragilities of ArtSquare with artists, I'm met with a whole lot of support. And and so you know, it there's nothing easy about it, but but it's I think it's an amazing place to kind of live in. Um, and and I think that you build up enough kind of commitment, and and it almost becomes like a challenge to yourself of, of can I see this thing through, you know, can I make this where other people have failed, um, and I think that's a really interesting you know element of it that that really does you know keep me keep me moving.
0: Yeah, man. So when you throw on the vision goggles, like wh- where do you see this moving in the future? I mean, do you plan on taking Art Square up and away, you know, to Never Neverland? Uh, do you have other plans around it? what what is what is Thomas doing?
1: Yeah. Um yeah, I, I definitely um yeah, I mean we're shooting for the second star on the ride or whatever. Uh I I definitely um I I, I wouldn't be with Art Square if I didn't believe in a long term vision. Um it's too hard to to have a short term goal. Um with ArtSquare, what I, I want I want ArtSquare to become the place where art lives, I want to make a home for art and and really tackle that by focusing on on um, solving all of the all of the pain points that artists face when managing their art files, whether that's getting them, you know, taking them from analog from actual canvas to to digital, um, or it's managing file types and versions or sharing those files. Uh, I, I really think that we can you know we have a pretty solid shot at at becoming the place where art lives. And, um, and so that's, that's what we're, that's what we're gunning for. We have to be very smart about how we get there. If you do too much too soon, it's really hard for people to even understand what you're doing. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely, I want to be, you know, the, the 800 pound gorilla. Um, but I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to lose my soul in the process. And and that's a that's a fine line that you walk. Um, so yeah, that's that's my that's my professional aspirations within the you know the framework of Art Square. Personally, um, man, I want to continue to work on problems that matter. Um, I have a startup idea about every single week, and I and I write them down, and I and I swear to myself that I won't touch them. Um, I send, I send, you know, probably my best ideas out to a handful of, of people that I trust that, that hate their jobs and want to be entrepreneurs. And I say, just run with one of these things. Um, you know, so I, 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 I nerd out about problem solving. I think about the future a lot. I think about the intersection of technology and culture and humanity and, and it has some very unique challenges, uh, you know, in the future. I think we've got a lot of unique challenges, um, but I also think that at no other point in time can we strip humanity down to its most basic components and kind of just enjoy that. Um, I think that, that we're kind of transitioning to an abundance economy eventually. And that's a big thing to unpack, and I get a little kooky about it. But uh, um, I definitely think that there's, you know, there's a surplus of problems that we have and a surplus of creativity to, to solve those. And I want to be in that spot for the rest of my life.
0: Yeah, man, beautiful. I'm gonna have lots of quotes to stack on the, <laughs> the show notes for this.
1: Absolutely, man. I'm. I'm. A, I, I'm so you're a not romantic. reading off a
0: script, are you? <laughs> uh
1: no. Next page, please. Yeah, <laughs> no. So when? Just, when,
0: uh, when do you think was the last time that you were doing something and you just you know ripped the giant fart?
1: Uh ripped the giant <laughs> fart. like like literal or? Uh, I'm, just, fig- I'm just kidding, man. Yes, <laughs> uh, I mean. I'm a little gassy. I've been taking some medicine, and so it could have been during this interview. <laughs> uh,
0: I, I, everybody has to do these little things every day to kind of keep our focus, you know. Like, you know, some people exercise, some read books, some drink heavily, some hit the bong, <laughs> some play slap the yeah. bag. You know. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. I, I used to do multiple of those items all at the same time because I thought it was keeping me uh, creative or something. But <laughs> what, what, what are these things that you do? on a daily basis to kind of keep you focused on your, your long-term goal? Um, you know, little habits that you have in place or what you call life hacks.
1: Yeah. Um, so in terms of like personal life efficiency, uh, as that's defined, I'm still figuring that out. Um, I haven't nailed down like the best bedtime or like when to wake up or do I put cinnamon in my coffee or not? I don't know any of that stuff yet. (laughs) Um, but I do the things that make me feel good. I know that's very general and, and, and broad, um but i love to enjoy music i love to spend time with friends if it's almost like 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 a lens like if art square becomes opaque to where i can't see the end goal of what i want my life to be uh then then i then i pu- push it out of the way and i make sure to keep the focus on on actually enjoying life so i go to the beach a lot uh i like to work out i don't really like to run but i like to play sports um I, I try and make a point to read uh, a fiction book, um, you know, throughout uh, you know my weeks. Um, I travel a lot. I, I you know I moved from Texas, and so I, I you know Thanksgiving is just around the corner, and I've got plans to go home. Um, I go down to San Diego to visit friends quite often. And one of the really cool things about you know the culture that I'm trying to build into Art Square is is you know enjoy life first and you'll produce the best things in work um and so you know and to, to answer it in like a really broad brush stroke is you know i just do the things to make me feel good uh you know i like to get a little uh rowdy on the weekends especially at concerts um and you know i play destiny video games; pretty fun um but yeah you know i, I don't what
0: kind of, what kind of music are you listen to man
1: Oh, all kinds. I really really like indie music, um like every other hipster in the world. Um I like I like uh singer-songwriter type stuff. Um Where probably are, my favorite Go ahead.
0: I was just going to say what are some of the bands you listen to in the indie scene?
1: Yeah, um gosh, I get a little insecure trying to talk about music cuz I <laughs> at the Kind of like secretly, I'm like afraid I said the wrong genre. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I really like uh, Alt-J right now is is really good. Uh, Chet Faker, um, he's, I mean, he jams. Um, there's a there's a band called Johnny Swim uh, that I actually saw in concert the other day that I really, really enjoy. Um, just real feel-good stuff. And then sometimes I like to, to get a little ghetto. Um, I've been listening to ASAP Rocky. Yeah. Uh, that especially when I'm like about to like go bench press or something, just turn that thing on and I'm unstoppable, man. <laughs>
0: yeah, have you have you heard the? I don't know if you like the Strokes at all, but Julian Casablancas' new stuff that he did with the Voids, pretty damn awesome.
1: No, I'm when we when we hop off, uh, uh, send me a link to it. I'd love to check it out. Um, I'm always I, one of my favorite. Why, why I love Spotify is it's just this huge curation engine. Uh, for music, and I love that we can kind of like find these little nuggets. I, I actually send out a, a, a artist of the week or of the month to my best friends, and we just rock out together. On, on. so yeah, I, I love uncovering new new music. So send that to me.
0: Yeah, man, absolutely, and that's cool because we we do that as well. Ship stuff around, and I'm really really big into music. It's probably like at the center of my life. Oh, okay. Uh, I Love a lot of indie music too. So I love yeah. To- We'll have, maybe you can add me to your Artist of the Month Club and I'll jam out with you.
1: Yeah, maybe so. Um, and if you send out kind of a, uh, a curated list of, of artists that are dope, I would love to get that. Um, I oh, don't yeah, know if you man. do that or not, but I
0: can do that. I think that'd be pretty chill. I've actually thought about adding that to Artsy now, just art and like mu- certain music that I'm listening to right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, put it in the sidebar or something, but then. Sometimes I feel like like a gremlin's going to come out and slap my hand and be like, you can't share that <laughs> link there.
1: No, I'm sure that you can. I think Spotify actually enables that. I think that you can embed. Um, I'm not sure. I really yeah, don't. No, you,
0: you can. You can share it, but the thing is, the people can't play it unless they're logged into Spotify.
1: That's the frustrating thing.
0: It's yeah. ridiculous, because they don't really compensate the artists very well at all, because... I've talked to a lot of musicians I've had on this show and they always complain about Spotify and how much they hate it because you know, they get basically nothing out of it. They're, they're, I think yeah, like, yeah. Somebody got like, uh, I want to say like 15 to 20,000 plays somewhere and they got paid out like a dollar or something ridiculous.
1: Oh, nice. That is terrible. I didn't yeah. realize the payouts were so bad. I'd, I'd heard some controversy around them. Um, an interesting thing, and stop me if I start rambling. But I I love the music industry just because, um, in a lot of ways, I think it's a precursor for other industries where where creativity and culture have have become commoditized. Uh, just like the cost of making an MP three is literally zero, and so we're having to to you know innovate ways of of capturing value around just listening to music, and and I think that we're in the growing pains of that. And in my in my work with you know visual artists, I've come across a lot of startups who are, you know, gunning to to be the the company that disrupts that and and, and finds ways to capture value outside of just that transactional MP3, um, you know, download. Uh, so so I, I feel for you musicians. I think that the world will get brighter. Um, there are a lot of really intelligent, creative people that are trying to solve that, but. Um on the on the consumption side, you know, Spotify kills it because I, I get access to the music that I want and um yeah, so I, I think it'll get better.
0: Yeah, and I've got this amazing idea for a mobile app and I've created another one that I'm working on right now and but this other one excites me so much more that I just kind of want to and I hate to go back and can the other thing, but it was some it it would be something that I would use constantly. So Think about like the platform of Tinder, how it works. Yeah. Um, and the pictures pop up if you like it or not. you know you, hit, you click yes, you click no. But think about if bands that were coming to your area on tour popped up and you could hit one button to listen to a sample of one of their tracks. Then you could hit yes if you like them and no if you don't. And if you hit yes, it automatically puts them in your calendar with a link to buy tickets on that day.
1: Ooh, nice, man! I actually really like that. I, I think that I think that you're hitting on a couple things. Like the the Tinder swipe uh, is is one of the most simple UXs, and and users love it. Um, it's it's just incredibly efficient. It's it's simplicity at its finest. Um, and I think that it makes you know getting straight to the content the easiest. You know, I get to see a babe and I swipe right. <laughs> uh, you know, or like I I love the jam and I swipe right and. You know, especially you know the discovery algorithms that that exist. I think that you can you can kind of compound my swipes to build kind of this customized playlist almost of of bands that are coming. I think the applications for that are pretty broad. Um, I'm curious if other people are working on similar things. I know that the that the Tinder swipe or the Tinder for X is kind of hot right now. Um, so I'm curious to see if that's kind of been integrated into the music world in any way, but I, I mean, it's an amazing idea.
0: Oh, I would absolutely love it if it is. And if anybody knows of something, let me know. Cause I mean, there's apps like, you know, bands in town and shit like that, that'll show you what's coming, but there's it's nothing just, it's that, You always have to like get on YouTube and like look up who they are to listen to the band. If you never heard of them, you know, oh, if yeah. you've heard of the band, it's fine. But if you haven't and you could click one button to hear the song, Yep. um and then if you like it it puts it on the day in your calendar I mean that would be huge and it's a, it's the most simple thing ever
1: yeah yeah I mean case in point I'm I'm considering going to a concert in uh, San Francisco up at Treasure Island this weekend and I know maybe two of the musicians and they're so good but I'm trying to justify the ticket price and I'm like man I wish like if I knew other musicians that are playing there and if I knew what their music was like it might actually buy a ticket to go but i'd have to comb through a list of like 30 bands and go to youtube for every single one of them and learn about them <laughs> and that's just a hassle i would love to just like be able to swipe and preview and then you know probably buy the ticket to go to that concert i think that's a i think that's a really good idea
0: i think it's an idea that if we put it on kickstarter with a good prototype and a video i think it could raise some money
1: yeah, uh, man, uh, crowdfunding is so cool. <laughs> it, I, I, I definitely encourage you to do that. Um, you, you know, around
0: with it at all. Uh,
1: I had a, uh, pff, I, I raised like 2,500 bucks for MAO back in the day or something like that. Um, and I would call that a non successful campaign. I gave a talk on, on the, the experience, uh, locally, um, about crowdfunding, you know, under the, you know, People would call called that a mildly successful campaign, and I I got to give the pros and cons of working with a platform. So I have um, I'm I want to do more crowdfunding campaigns. I, I'm I'm curious how people will use it in the future. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like Etsy, you know. It, it starts to become just just saturated with with ideas, and so I think the curation engine for for those ideas needs to get a bit better. Um, but also, I, I think that that. A lot of a lot of creatives and, and a lot of businesses can use it successfully as a platform. You just have to kind of find a way to, to tell a unique story and and get you know buying that that you're the you know not just that you have a good idea but you're the person who can execute on it because that's that's what I've noticed with with Kickstarter and a lot of you know on the investment side too is is it's a great place to uncover those hidden gems um, but there's not a whole lot of transparency in in. And you know the projects that don't you know deliver on time, the projects that fail, and so uh, when I start to see more of that kind of the analytics and transparency and and social um, uh, kind of elements tied into it, I, I think then I'll start to participate a bit more on, on crowdfunding.
0: Yeah, dude. Pe- people don't buy what you do; they buy why you do it. You know. Yeah. So, exactly. Yeah, you put it. You put that behind you, and and I I do see people that are much more confident that seem like they know what they're talking about, and and it's a lot of times it's people that have been a member of the site and actually invested in other people on the site as well. Uh, yeah, because it's more you're much more likely to get another user to buy into it if they know that you're buying into to, to other things as well. So I, I'm I'm thinking about giving it a try with my first app. I've got the prototype done. I've talked to a couple people. I've gotten some great feedback. It's just, I don't have the five or six grand that it takes to, you know, create the app. And, um, since it's a free app that doesn't make any money, it's hard to find someone that's like, yeah, you know, I'll join in with you and do that pro bono just for half of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And there's nothing really proprietary about it. I think that's, that's the challenge is, is, uh, you know, simple idea, but what I'm noticing is that simple ideas are, are, you know, you can totally monetize on those, and you can totally build those into mega businesses if you can capture the network correctly. Um, but it is a challenge. I, I do definitely. If you if you put it on Kickstarter, I'd I'd love to support that. Um, I'd love to see. Just personally, I, I would be a, an avid user of it. Um, yeah. Just you know, I say go for it. You know, let's let's live out the <laughs> the things we've been discussing all day, and just you know start to make stuff happen. Uh, that's what I love to do. You know, if. I'd love to be an investor one day. I'd love to be an advisor to to various projects. And you know, I think the part where I can where I can really shine is just like, dude, it's an amazing idea. I think you're the guy to do it. Let's just get it done. You know? Yeah. yeah. So I'll be the guy who's like kind of prodding you saying, Hey Heath, did you get it done yet? Let's do it, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I, I've got a I do a mastermind podcast with Paul Camp, uh, the app guy. He's got the app guy podcast. And so okay. he knows I mean, he's interviewed over, you know, 150, 200 of app developers and a lot of them have been mega successful. So he learned nice. so much and having those conversations with him, you know, they're amazing. And, um, he was actually the one that was like, I think you should put this on Kickstarter because I think it yeah. actually raised the funds and we try to get the five or $6,000 to get it built. Um, so yeah, man, maybe hang on after this is over and I'll, and I'll, uh, I'll show you the prototype or whatever on my screen. Oh yeah. I'd love to. I'd yeah, love check to check it out. But if you could go back in time, do you think there's anything that you would do differently now? <laughs>
1: yes. I think that's a really funny question. I, I, anytime someone like says, "No, I wouldn't change anything." Uh, I don't know. That just I absolutely would. Um, I appreciate like it because if I went back and changed it, I still maintain my experiences right now. Um, but yeah, I would um I would have launched sooner. I would have I would have started selling the vision much sooner. I would have uh, tried to listen to artists uh, a bit a bit sooner. Um, what else? I might have dropped out of school.
0: Yeah, uh, man, me too. I,
1: I I think you know I, I don't want to be the guy who's just like, hey, you know, <laughs> don't go to school, like. It's it's a it's a trick, but in a lot of ways it kind of is. I mean, yeah, it's a businessman. And I was in the middle of of starting Art Square, and I failed a class because I didn't go to school enough. And it was just like like, and my test scores were like ninety fives. Yeah. And it's it, just the bureaucracy of it is is pretty tough. It, a lot of it's pretty outdated. Um, I'm excited about a lot of the new technologies and new platforms that are, that are, you know, beginning to gain traction in, in education where you, and literally, I mean, we have the entire, like like, like the collective intelligence of humanity at our fingertips. And so I think that school is, is, uh, you know, in a traditional sense, is going to become pretty antiquated. Um, but uh, yeah, I would have, I would have, um, spent more time, I would have encouraged myself earlier on to just try and to, to, you know, do the things that I loved and, and let myself pay attention to ways to, um, start to capitalize on those things because you can, making money is the easy part. It's, it's finding the passion and, and dealing with the fears within yourself that get in the way of, of, of living that passion out daily. That's the hard part. Uh, you know, People throw money at passion, you know, and I, I don't want to kind of like sound too naive to it, but that's been my experience. Um, yeah, I, I think I would have I would have started sooner. I, you know, if I could have a conversation with sixteen year old me, I would have said, you know, just get through high school, and then, man, like you're about to spend 150k on education. Here's a check. Just go. Just go do something cool. <laughs>
0: And I, I hate to be the guy that's like sitting next to some little kid like, hey, don't you go to school, you know, like just like freaking him out, or, like trying to give him a camel cigarette and telling him it's cool. <laughs> yeah, um, just take a pull of whiskey. And, uh, go but, I mean, it. you know, for some people, it does work out. If you're going to be a doctor, if you want to do some of these things that you have to go to school and get a degree. Yeah, sure. But for me yeah. in particular, yeah, I agree with you there. I look back, knowing that I went to school, you know, in the studying stuff in the construction and concrete industry, like has nothing to do with anything I'm passionate about. So I question yeah. myself completely as to why I spent my time doing that, and it's how I was raised and what I was told that I had to do. And yeah. um, no matter how much money you make, no matter how much money it brings in, and how comfortable you are, if you have that feeling that there's just you know every day you you hate waking up and doing it. It's not going to work out in the long run. You might as well start following the stuff that you love, uh, so that you don't have that feeling. and you will see how much more amazing your life can become if you do it.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I 100% agree, especially with 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 creatives. Like, I mean, I understand for a licensed professional, I, I doubt you're going to be able to perform, you know, cardiac surgery if you haven't gone to med school. But I see, you know countless artists who are, you know, putting themselves through college to learn how to paint a bit better. And they're learning and and I don't want to just slam academia because there are parts of it that I really appreciate. Um, But they're learning, you know, these styles and they're learning art history and um, they come out incredibly ill-equipped to actually do what they love um they they they're encyclopedias for art history and they don't know how to turn their passion into something that sustains them and they're riddled with debt to do it and so I, I would love to see uh a renaissance in education i would love to see more people more more parents even like really support their kids um you know to to take a chance and and put a little money behind it to um just start something you you learn so much about not just the industry that you're operating in, but you learn so much about who you are uh, when, when you kind of shirk off those, those old constructs and frameworks and say, you know, I'm just going to do it myself. Um, Honestly, my favorite people are the people who've done that. uh, The people I respect the
0: most. Yeah, man. Well, what's, what's so scary is think about all the education out there that isn't true. You know, the, the stuff that they teach us that isn't necessarily true you know what i mean and it happens a lot in the medical field in particular um all these ways to treat you know like like treating a little eight-year-old girl that doesn't have much of an immune system to begin with with chemotherapy and telling her you know you have two weeks to live and then giving her the chemo which just completely eliminates her immune system yeah which means that she can't fight the cancer off i mean it's like treating cancer with cancer and what's scary is they take these people that potentially, you know, if they're going to be a doctor or something are potentially some of the top, you know, the smartest people in the world. And then they teach them the wrong things. Think about how much damage that can do when you have the smartest people in the world out there practicing what's wrong. And they really start to believe in that and push it and how much of an effect it has on everyone around them. I mean, it's crazy to think about. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I completely agree. I, I, I probably have less exposure to those extreme cases, but I can speak on on you know, anytime that there's there's regulated structured things, you I mean you can look at, at government today. Um, the the iteration cycles and and you know, making things better and creating a better world all boils down to to how long are your iteration cycles? That's what's amazing about 3D printing and open source software, is we've effectively reduced those iteration cycles to to minutes, to to, to seconds, minutes, and days. And in a field, you know, that's, that's steeped in regulation and licensing, for better or worse, those iteration cycles are much, much slower. And sometimes that's because they're riddled with risk. You know, the risk of writing bad code oftentimes is not going to kill someone. The risk of, of prescribing a new medication is a lot higher. But I think that, that we've kind of taken that pendulum swing of, of you know, stifling innovation at the, at the, at the trade-off of, uh, for safety um, and I, I don't think that we've done the best job of it, and so I think that that new technologies, and new solutions, aren't necessarily disseminated as quickly as as they could be if we lived in an unregulated or a less regulated um, world in, in some of those some of those industries. That, you know, like, um, and and what it does is it effectively pushes those those alternative medicines or those alternative solutions outside of the regulated sector. And it, it actually makes those a bit more risky. Um, they're not getting the, the funding necessarily that they probably deserve. There's not the c- conversations, the actual like rational conversations around them. Um, so, I mean, uh, what's interesting, though, is that as a culture, um, as government continues to probably fail to solve problems at the speed uh, that we're beginning to to require... Um, I think that we'll start to see a lot less regulation um, in certain parts, and I, I think that that we'll start to embrace a world that, that that moves a lot faster at solving problems. So, that's pie in the sky stuff. I, you know, I'm probably wrong, but I like to have those conversations, and and I get pretty passionate about that sort of stuff.
0: Ooh, I can't agree <laughs> with you more, man. Seriously. <laughs> yeah, I,
1: I, yeah, I, I enjoy talking about it, and and I'm definitely in the place where those conversations are happening. So. I'm optimistic about the future, even if there's there's a lot of pain ahead, and and you know just that transition I think is really difficult for people.
0: Well, next time I'm in San Francisco, I'll buy you a bunch of beer, and you can we can talk about it some more.
1: As long as we're recording it, man, that's what I've been doing. I I, I smoke the green from time to time, and I've actually been really fascinated about uh, just the way that that you know the mind works, you know, and. And uh, I've actually been recording it, and I, I love to, to revisit just those, those inebriated thoughts uh, just because the focus is so much different than, than when you're interacting in society in like a normal, engaged way. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm totally down to have a few beers and chat.
0: Yeah, you just gave me the best idea ever. <laughs> Which is what? Just create a podcast called I'm High and then just get high and talk.
1: Oh, wouldn't that be amazing? Like you could just like like uh, what's it called? What was that that thing? Chat roulette for like oh, yeah, yeah. St- stone people. <laughs> <laughs> just I like like stone I, people. I, I have a lot
0: of stuff that goes through my head and seriously do that and then record the thoughts and listen back to it the next day. You can learn a lot from doing stuff like that. Oh man, yeah. Check I'm, out I've, um have you ever heard of Amber Lyon? Uh-uh. She's that- a journalist and she's she's got a show and a website if you go to reset.me and you'll really be infatuated with with the entire platform and it's awesome but she's she studies psychedelics and medicine and Oof. she she um really interviews all these doctors and amazing th- scientists and things like that and puts it all together as far as uh, helping people with diseases and addictions and and the war on drugs and and all that stuff and it's it's really interesting stuff man
1: yeah um yeah i've never ventured into the the psychedelics just the- <laughs> I, I get a little uh, timid when it comes to that stuff, but I've I've chatted pretty extensively with, with people who are close to me who have, and it's a fascinating, uh, <laughs> completely under-researched uh, um, field. Yeah, well, uh, she's,
0: she's busting that under research field out and finding all the people that know so much about it. But it's not just – they do a lot of stuff on cannabis on there. They, they do a lot of stuff on natural plants that are banned that aren't even harmful and that aren't even psychedelic. Yeah, it's pretty cool stuff. Uh, Yeah, everybody out there, check it out. Cool, cool. Reset.me, and so if if we're we're getting short on the time here, but if you could spend a little bit of time creating something with anybody from the past or present, who do you think it would be, and what do you think you would create?
1: Oh wow! If I could spend time creating, that's probably one of the better questions I've come across. Oh man! Uh, like if I could have like a team of Avengers of like just brilliant minds to to solve problems. Yeah. Um, okay. Steve Jobs would definitely be on there, but we'd have to have a real sit down about uh, collaboration. Um, I'm not sure if we'd be if we'd be uh, a good fit, uh, but he's brilliant. I think that that he you know he saw around the curve in ways that I haven't seen a lot of people do. Um, and that's what, that's, that's all what innovation is. It's just being able to see around that corner. Um, I would probably Travis from Uber, I think what he's done and, and, you know, whether he stumbled upon it or not, uh, the idea itself pretty cool, but, but, uh, the really impressive thing is how he's executed on it. Uh, he's having to learn obviously now that he's a bit bigger Um, his ability to get stuff done and basically like, like face regulation and say, you know, F you guys, I'm building the future is really, really impressive. Um, I've got a couple friends of mine who are working on pretty neat projects, uh, that if I was a better CEO, I could probably, you know, sell them into get hopping onto art (laughs) square (laughs) and I'm having to learn how to do that. But I would love to, I would love to work with some of them. I've got a buddy in, uh, in Colorado who, uh, he's a smart guy. I'd love to work with him on a project. You know, I, I, I don't know. That's, that's a really hard question. Um, I'd love to do something in, a, in maybe an education or, uh, finance or, you know, just, just a lot of those old industries that are, that are ripe for, for change.
0: I, I, could, uh, I could tell all your passion cause you're going to be in, involved in so many different things. And that's exactly how I feel like that's how my mind works.
1: Oh yeah, it's crazy that you can see the parallels between all of it. Like, yeah. like I, I think that if I ever write a book one day uh, around, when, you know,
0: when when you write a book,
1: when I write a book, <laughs> um, it, it'll probably be you know unpacking the the common kind of those macro trends that happen in every industry. Um, you know, just as as we've we've built new layers and new platforms for for communication and collaboration. Um, but yeah, I mean. I don't know. It's, it's hard to say. I, I think probably the coolest guy from the, from history that I'd like to meet. Cause I don't even know, like this guy was so far ahead of his time. Um, uh, Tesla, Nikola Tesla, like what a cool dude, you know, like he, he was just in it to like learn and experiment. And I really, really appreciate that about him. Um, so I think that he'd be, you know, I'd like to have like a, like a uh, French press coffee with with Nikola Tesla.
0: Oh, I love French press. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That'd be pretty cool, man. I mean, to to be able to invent things like he did and, and, you know, engineer in the time that he was in, it's amazing. Gosh. Yeah. I'm sure
1: tons of people thought he was like a sorcerer.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I mean, he looks like one, so yeah, he does. (laughs) Uh, but anyway, yeah, It, it, if you had to battle Godzilla, how do you think you would use your creativity or talents to defeat that big ugly bastard?
1: This is one of my favorite questions. I love to, like, would you, would you ever, or how would you? Like, the Titanic, no offense to anyone who might be related to people who did not survive. I know for a fact I would have survived to that thing. Like, I just, I just, like, I've got about five hours to come up with a solution to not die on a sinking ship. Uh, okay, but for Godzilla, um, yeah, I mean, I could take him. I think that, it, you know, to pull out the CEO card, I think it would. I'd have to. I'd have to be able to assemble a team. You know, I'd want the scientist. I'd want the military guy, but like a, a level-headed military guy. Um, you know, I'd, I'd want like the the reptile person. Um, if I couldn't assemble a team, I'd probably just you know go live on like a remote island and, and hope he didn't stumble upon me. Um, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, I don't know if I'd be good with a rocket launcher, like I, modern rocket launchers, I'm sure are pretty good at auto locking. Um, but he's, he's a reptile. I don't know if, if he has a heat signature, you know, there's a lot of things that go into this that, um, I don't know. I don't know. What would you do
0: if I had to battle Godzilla? Yeah. I would probably dress up like Godzilla to confuse the hell out of him and then hope that he wasn't gay and rape me.
1: Oh, like if you pretended to be like his 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 offspring, like sometimes they have like the like animals have that really weird instinct <laughs> that kicks in. Like a like a cat will start taking care of like a rabbit just because it's little.
0: Yeah, I would just I would just hope he wouldn't mistake me for like a hump toy, you know, and, and Yeah, hope that that there would be no fighting involved. I'm not much of a fighter. Uh, I understand. Give him, give him a high five and just just hope that he's not angry enough to just eliminate his own kind. But there's got to be one reason why he's the only one, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and probably, you know, a lot of people, you know, turn to violence, I think, because they don't feel like they have a voice otherwise. You know, you do the whole podcast thing. It might be worthwhile to just sit down with him and, you know, ask him, you know, just, just kind of get a heart check on how he's feeling. That might be a great way to kind of uh, disarm the beast.
0: Yeah. I've had some mindfulness coaches on before and a lot of them go down that route, you know, yeah. finding out a way to coach them into being their friend and then using them for good. Yeah. So it's, in a, yeah, it is a great question, dude. It's, it's always good to hear the creativity that it brings out in people. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I'm
1: going to, I'm going to start bringing that up in dinner parties.
0: Just hashtag Godzilla, you know, <laughs> I'll, I'll just search for it and I'll, and I'll see it. So, um, it, it before we say bye, real quick, do, do you have any closing advice that you'd like to give our listeners, or do you have any favorite, you know, resources or tools that you use on the internet or on your phone that you think people could find value in?
1: Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, there are a lot of applications and tools that I've used, you know, within like actual like workflow management, task management, that have been pretty revolutionary for you know developing out ArtSquare. Uh, personally, I can't really think of anything off the top of my head. Um, for for everyone who's listening, though, I, I think the biggest thing is is um, find that thing that makes you come alive and just do it. Um, the risk is never as big as as we feel like it is. Um, the return is always higher than we can imagine. Um, just the experience to to live a great story. I think that that's the future. I think that we're transitioning from like a, a money or a transactional economy to a to a storytelling and a relational one, and I, I and I know that maybe this is a bit more vague and ahead of its time, but but I think that the people who have the best stories are going to be the ones that that really can lead us into greater creativity and greater success and greater collaboration. Um, so in it's, it's not an IQ issue. It's, it's about knowing yourself and it's kind of that emotional element and that creative element. So um, there are no tools, there are no prerequisites to just starting. So I would, I would encourage people to, to do that.
0: Beautiful, man. Thank and you. All of this advice and, and all the show notes and everything will be on artsynow.com uh, forward slash Thomas Griffin. And you can check out all that there. And, and are you on Twitter, Thomas?
1: Yeah, I am. Uh, My Twitter handle is uh, at Thomas Leon. And on Leon, that's L-E-O-N. And I've replaced that O with a zero. Uh, It was just a moment of brilliant creativity and Thomas Leon was taken. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. But yeah, Thomas Leon replaced the the O in Leon with a zero.
0: Awesome. And do you have any other, obviously, artsquare.com, do you have any other uh, connections you want to make. Yeah, yeah. So
1: all of our socials for Art Square is just at Art Square app. So Art Square app. Um, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. Uh, we're on Pinterest, but it's a ghost town there. Uh, that's kind of the next. I don't social.
0: know how to use that damn thing.
1: I know it's very it's intimidating <laughs> as a male, but honestly, I think that Pinterest Pinterest is all about intentions. And it's a brilliant platform. I think it, for commerce, it's going to be the the dominant platform for for commerce, yeah, uh, I agree. kind of that that platform for it in the future. Um, so, ArtSquare app, uh, check us out. And, and my email, I'd love to to put out there is, is Thomas at ArtSquare uh, If any of you listeners have have listened to this and thought, man, what an amazing thing, or what a douche, or any of those things, <laughs> and want to have a, want to have a conversation, I. I I live for those conversations. I love to collaborate. I love to brainstorm. Um, If you're looking to join a pretty cool team and you've got some skills, uh, either in art or technology, um, we're hiring. So get in touch.
0: It's like, God damn it. I listened through that whole thing and he was such a douche.
1: Yeah. Cold well at mode. least I'm at least I'm giving them like the channel to to scream at me for my contrarian and ridiculous beliefs. I love it. <laughs> yeah, me too.
0: Yeah, everybody check that out and and definitely get out there and, and break the rules, but first break the rulers. Surrender to your passion. Do it. Passion is what is going to drive you. Then practice and practice and practice some more. Go out and get a mentor, get a coach. Visualize where you want to be and then play the edge, guys. You will make it there. It is all about persistence. And Thomas, thank you so much for being the newer now. Always (laughs) remember to keep it heady, man.
1: Yes, absolutely. Uh, Thanks for the opportunity to, to be on the show.
0: Yeah, man. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Arch of Her Newer Now. For all the show notes, it's artsynow.com. If you want to be a guest on the show, email me at create at artsynow.com or on Twitter at HB underscore Armstrong. The music, well, that's shaky feeling. Check them out, Ventura, California. Ta ta! Keep it funky.